Welcome to Christ Church. The following is a homily from our Sunday morning gathering in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Enjoy. Those of you who grew up in the Episcopal Church may remember um, with uh, some trepidation the annual meeting. The annual meeting was a time in which the church gathered together to uh, address the important issues of the day. Typically, it was led by somebody who was upset about this thing or that thing, wondering why this wasn't being done or this wasn't being done. And people couldn't figure out why they had such a hard time getting people to show up to the annual meeting. Clergy colleagues of mine, we sit there and we trade ideas and they sit there and they said, you know, we, we tried moving it to a Wednesday night. We've had it on a Sunday night. We moved it to a Sunday morning and we can't get people to show up. And there's a question as to whether the annual meeting has maybe outlived its purposes. Now, for some people who love tradition and love business meetings, that can be sort of a loss. But really, as we come here to gather today, we come here to gather to celebrate all that we do as a community to the glory of God, to come together in fellowship as a community, um, to just, um, you know, in a world in which is so divisive and at times is so at odds with it, with one another, it is, uh, it is uh, grace to be able to come and step into a place where conflict and anger is not the thing that is driving us. There are things when you move to a new city or you're thinking about locating a business in an area and you go to the Chamber of Commerce, there are things that the Chamber of Commerce will not tell you. 2006, I entered the Seminary of the Southwest and the Chamber of Commerce at the seminary failed to tell me some things about the seminary. I was told this is the most exciting time that the seminary has ever had. There is a great, young, bright faculty that is going to be the best faculty of any Episcopal seminary. Dean Turner, one of the finest and most respected voices in the Episcopal church, has come here to be our interim dean. What they didn't tell me was that the reason that this seminary had young new faculty in place was because the previous seminary faculty had all quit. (laughs) That there had been so much conflict at the seminary that people were choosing to leave rather than to stay in the midst of this conflict. The previous dean, who we were told, had gone off to pursue his passion elsewhere. We found out that that was a direction, not an invitation. (laughs) Years of anger and hurt feelings and conflict left a seminary that was facing being closed. The issues at the seminary where I attended were coupled with 30 years of conflict in and throughout the Episcopal Church. Conflict about the new prayer book, which is now entering its 40th year. 
women's ordination, a new hymnal, changing understandings of human sexuality, and a religious affiliation in the broader culture, which is on the decline. The seminary sought to go back to the vision that its founder, Bishop John Hines, had, which was to be a seminary for the whole church. Over time, they had become a seminary for a sole, small segment of the church, but not for the whole church. And their path forward was to do two things. One, as they said, that as an Episcopal church in the Anglican tradition, the creeds are the bedrock of our Christian understanding of faith, and we have to learn how to fight with one another in healthy ways. There are some who wish to just simply avoid conflict altogether, and when you avoid conflict completely, important questions do not get asked. And so the seminary developed a method by which um, the people were formed in a way of conversing with one another that built relationships rather than diminished them. As you can tell, these two themes, the bedrock of a generous Orthodox faith and learning how to be in relationship with one another formed me to the deepest of my core because those are the things that I carried into this place for my hopes and dreams. That in a world that is at conflict with one another, that this space could somehow show something different than the wider world. I can still hear Dean Travis's booming voice saying, let the same mind be in you that it was in Christ Jesus does not mean that we have to be uniform. It just means that our unity is in Christ. A few weeks ago, this year's vestry gathered with the staff and outgoing vestry members to go on a retreat. Where have we been and where is it, are we going? One of the things that struck us is, is that Christ Church, not only just in the Episcopal Church, in the mainline world, but in the Christian world is unique. We have had a consistent pattern of growth that um, many places would love to figure out what is your secret sauce. And so we talked about that. What is it that makes Christ Church unique? What is it that people come here for week after week? What is it that is found meaningful at this place? We talked about how central the welcoming statement that is on the front cover of the bulletin is for this community. People said that this is what attracted me, that anybody, everybody can find a space inside this community. And we said as a group that we truly wanted this place to be a place of welcome and inclusion for all people. Mike Mickey, who led our retreat, said, if you were to pick three things that absolutely cannot change about Christ Church, what were they? And here's what they chose. And if you have any feedback on this, um, feel free to talk to me to Natalie Richardson, our incoming senior warden. The three things we settled on is, is that we want a place of authentic connection where we're building relationships with one another. That two, we wanted to have a community that exudes a sort of intimacy. And three, 
We wanted a place where sinners, saints, and skeptics would always be welcome. The church in America today suffers from a failure of discipleship. The church becomes so concerned and so worried about the numbers of people who are coming in that we fail to ask what kind of soil are we trying to plant people in. A few years ago, we adopted a sermon-based small group ministry that we call small groups as a way of trying to build that discipleship. And after a few years of trying to get our feet wet, the leaders of these story groups in this past year have really honed in on what the purpose of a story group is. That a story group is a place in which you build connections and friendships with one another and a place in which you can grow deeper into God's story. The typical church in America Day grows as a result of what Reggie McNeil calls building the six flags over Jesus. <laughs> Churches build these elaborate sets that just happen to correspond with their most recent sermon series. Photo booths with characters from uh, different themes are there so you can take a picture with them and post it on your social media. The teaching sermons that are developed are fantastic and warm and, and encouraging people to grow, but it presents a sort of moralism and promising you to develop, to, to transform your life in 30 days. There's everything from sermon series on the Bible-based way of dieting, which apparently is in there, didn't know it. Children and student ministry programs are built to be exciting and flashy. And we go and we separate them and we say, here, here's this amazing thing that we're doing so that you want to be there. But what's interesting is the long-term studies, now that we have some data show, that the big flashy student and children's ministry programs actually do a worse job of retaining people after high school graduation than mainline churches, which are often known for not having much to offer. It turns out that student and children feeling included from the very beginning and moment in which they enter into the community is something that is meaningful for them. Meaningful for them. Who would have thought? Now, I'm not going to go and let the mainline church off the hook. Too many of our churches feel and look more like country clubs where we're sort of suspicious of who we let in. Now, if you happen to be a CPA, we are in need of a treasurer, so we'll let you join. Oh, you want to work with children? Great, we'll let you join. Oh, you make coffee. Fantastic, we want you. But the country club model of church is not the church that we find in today's gospel. The Jesus who is described as the light of the world, a light to the Gentiles. The consolation of Israel is not found in places which become guard gates to keep people that were suspicious out. Larry Osborne writes in his book, Sticky Church, that a feeling of belonging is the deepest need that human beings have. What's interesting is, is in this time in which we are the most connected, 
right? We have a cell phone at all times that connects us to everything that's going on in the world. We have a 24-hour news cycle. We have social media and internet that tells us and keeps us connected. But study after study show that people feel more isolated, more alone, and more lonely than at any point in the human history. And people are going literally nuts about it. Levels of depression are going higher and higher and higher because people feel isolated and apart from community. Now at this point, you're probably saying, okay, can we please land this plane? So I want to suggest three things in response to the need of being a welcoming and inclusive community rooted in the love of Christ Jesus that is a place where people can find meaning and belonging and not feel isolated is one is is what we as a community really have to get behind this vision do we really want to be a community where people will connect and feel like they belong and that they are meant to be here and that they are welcomed we have to decide as a community is that our vision of who we want to be as we sat there and we talked to people in vestry and said what brought you here One person said, I did not know that there was a church like this. I was told at my former church that no Christian church would ever welcome me. But you all welcomed me and my family. Somebody else sat there and said, I have been alone and you all just swooped in and adopted me. Is that something that we want to be? Is that a vision that captures us? Two, it means if we do believe in that vision, then our energy has to go and build a community of welcome and inclusion and of building relationships. And this means the third point of reinforcing the needs for small groups, which build relationships rather than growing the church. The per- right? So you go and there's, there's churches out there that have these small groups and they do the cell division and the group breaks off in half and this is how they grow the church. But here's the thing, because I'm in one of these small groups and I have found some deep friendships in them. I don't want to lose those friends. Right? We have sat there and we've learned how to become vulnerable with one another and tell each other where it is that we struggle in life and where we are hurt and where we are uh, uh, suffering and, and that group is there for us. And I don't want to lose that. And so the point of these small groups is not to just simply grow for numbers, but to grow community. So there were two other things that the vestry decided were priorities in the coming year. The first one is, is that we have to begin to address the physical needs of the parish activity center. <coughs> A concrete room with concrete floors and a metal roof is not conducive to hardly anything unless you're going to put a Zeppelin in there. (laughs) Now, we have had some generous gifts that came in at the end of the year, and we were able to buy some acoustical walls so we can begin to put some actual classrooms. Now, thank God to those people who got us at a start and built them out of PVC and some other things that we were able to do really on the cheap, but wasn't a good long-term solution. We have to do something with the flooring in there because it's a polished concrete and it is like glass and it is dangerous. Sarah Plummer has begged me 
to please get the navigators out of her room because it is really hard for five-year-olds and 80-year-old people to share the space together. <laughs> These are all wonderful things. The number of children's classes that we have means we don't have classrooms for adults. And if you've ever been in the parish activity center when another class is going on, it's loud and it reverberates and nobody wants to do there. So it goes back to the first point. Do we want to be a community where people connect with one another and build relationships? And the third is sort of a hope thing that we want to grow into, and that is to develop some sort of a connections ministry um, that is led by a person, a staff person, whose job is to do volunteer recruitment, um, community building, organize these uh, formation communities that we um, have talked to. So in conclusion, I want to go back to today's gospel. I'm sitting there and I'm thinking about what it would be like to be Simeon, who has waited uh, every day for your life, being promised by the Holy Spirit, you will not die before you see the Messiah, and to see it in Christ Jesus, and to proclaim with greatness that this is the one who is the light to the nations and the hope of the world and the consolation of Israel. What is it like to be Anna, a prophetess? Somebody who has sat outside the temple day and night praying an expectation for God to come and deliver the promise and to respond out of joy. So the question is incumbent upon us who are disciples of Jesus. What is our response when we experience the power of Christ in community? Do we want to be the kind of community that says we want more of this for more people? Or are we going to be the kind of community that says... We want this and keep it for ourselves, And that's really the hard question that the vestry's struggling with. Wes Wilson, who serves as our parish manager, says every church person loves the programs and the opportunities that a large church offers, but they want the uniqueness of a small church. And eventually those two things kind of come into tension. What would it look like if we were a medium-sized church that offered hope and welcome to all in this city who are suffering and hurting and needing a place of rest? Amen. <laughs>